0: Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the Senior Pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today, and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message, and God bless you. We are all going somewhere. We are all going somewhere Um, in this journey called life. We are all going somewhere. God is taking us somewhere. He says... In his word, I know the plans I have for you, yes. plans to prosper you, not yes. to harm you. Yes. My conviction, bazalane is that God is not sitting in heaven plotting your downfall. Yes. God is not sitting in heaven plotting your downfall, yes. but God is sitting in heaven monitoring you so that you can get to your destiny. Yes your glorious destiny, your place of prosperity and success. That's where God is taking us. He said, my plan is not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you um, um, hope. He says, to give you an expected end. He says, to give you a future. That is the attitude and the mindset of God. So in other words, God has prepared good things for us. He wants each and every one of us to prosper. Accept it, inject it, and, and, and pursue it, and, and be convicted by that. Amen. Uh, we struggle, as Abba Zalwane, to believe God for a good life, success, and prosperity. I don't know why. It's easy for us to believe that our sins are forgiven. And if I can ask you, how do you know? How do you know that your sins are forgiven? How, why are you so convinced that your sins are forgiven? How do you know? It's by faith, isn't it? So the very same faith that you you, you, that you use to believe that your sins are forgiven, believe that you are blessed. Believe that God has got good plans for you. Believe that God will prosper you. Believe that God has got good intentions about your life, and and respond accordingly. Amen. Amen. Don't just accept and say, I know, uh, you know, uh, but you know. That's true, but it does not have to be you. It does not have to be. It will only be those who accept. What about the people in Africa? You are here. I'm talking to you. You are here in the south of Africa. Right? You are here. I'm talking to you. Don't, don't worry yourself about things that are beyond your control. Right? You are not there. You are here. I'm talking to you. Hallelujah. When I'm there, I'll preach differently. But, but because I'm talking to you in South Africa, where there are opportunities, where there are. Um, all I'm saying is that. I nearly said something, but. <laughs> it was not going to be nice. <laughs> Amen. Say, I am, I am going somewhere. And because we are going somewhere, God. Has ordained for us relationships, which we call destiny connections. People who are going to become part of our lives family members, friends, colleagues, business associates, spouses, uh, brethren, Christian brothers and sisters we meet at church. There are those that God has appointed and ordained for you so that they can be used by God to take you there. They are part of your journey because we cannot be on that journey alone. Amen? Amen. Last week we spoke about progressive connections, right? So today let's talk about covenant connections covenant connections and of course a covenant is an agreement can two walk together unless they are agreed covenant is an agreement between two people and we have got to look at these connections or these relationships from the perspective of a covenant hallelujah 1st Samuel chapter number 18 help me Jesus I have a lot to say this morning, but, you know, I'm praying for the grace to just shorten it. Now, when he had finished, from verse 1, speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, this was David speaking to Saul. The soul of Jonathan was knit or connected to the soul of David. David. So, here is David. He walks in. He's talking to Saul. Jonathan is sitting, listening. David is not talking to him. He's not talking to him. He's talking to his father. And as he's listening, the Bible says the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. Take note. And Jonathan loved him As his own soul. Jesus. Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Verse 2. Saul took him that day, took David that day, and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. What was special about this David? He just walks into people's lives... People just love him. Their souls are connecting. Hey, may God give you. Because look, was alone. Saul, Saul's house was a house of royalty. It was a house of royalty, a house of favor. And this man comes from shepherding uh, the sheep, and he comes from there. Of course, at this moment, he kills a giant. May God give you giants that you are going to kill and they are going to set you up for your glorious destiny. And Saul de- develops an interest. Whose son is this? Calls him, engages with him. The Bible says, then he did not allow him to go back to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan, verse 3, and David made a covenant. Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Jesus, son of David. Verse 4 And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Verse 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him. Take note. And behaved wisely. Even after you have received favor. May God grant you the grace to behave wisely. Amen. <laughs> David realizes, I've found favor with these people. Jonathan loves me as his own soul. He gives me his robe, which I will talk to you about just now. I mean, I I'm in. I've entered. Pagati inside. Ourcan more. more industry. So he's in the industry now, eh? But the Bible says he behaved wisely. He behaved wisely. There are certain places that when God has exposed you to them, he has opened doors for you to get into them, to access them. You are connecting with great people. You are, you are, you are having opportunity. Don't let it get to your head and become arrogant. And all of a sudden, you, you, your behavior is otherwise. Be wise. Be wise. Listen to how Jesus puts it. Be wise as a serpent. But be harmless as a dove. Because others, they they engage demonic wisdom of maneuvering in relationships or in influential spaces at the expense of other people. So be wise. Behave wisely. Be harmless in your approach. Don't don't hurt people on your way up. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Destiny connections, Basolani, are, are not superficial relationships, but they are covenant connections. They are covenant connections. In other words, they are deep relationships that do not only connect people, but they connect their souls. They do not, it's not just you know, the fact that you met a conne- you have now a connection a Department of Labor. You know, this is the kind a covenant a, a, a relationship is a kind of a relationship that does not just connect people; it connects their souls. The Bible tells us that Jonathan Jonathan's soul was knitted or linked or connected to the soul of David, and he loved him as his own soul. In other words, whatever affects his soul will affect my soul. Are we here? And this is the reason why we we, we cannot gamble, Bazzalani, with the words uh, we we, we say and the things that we do whenever we are establishing those kinds of relationships. Uh, Because have you ever been excited? You met a person, you're excited, you don't want to, and then you end up over-promising. You are meeting this lady for the first time or this guy for the first time and you overcommit. You say things that you don't mean and indirectly you are establishing a covenant that you are not prepared to fulfill. Are we here? I mean, we see God as a covenant maker. How? consistent he is that when he has promised he will stand by his word that's why the bible says even when we are unfaithful he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself he's a man of his words i have promised you this no matter how you decide to mess up your life i will play my role but even if you mess up your life uh, uh, to a point of losing my promises don't blame me because i will i will play my role i'll play my part I will, I will, whatever that I have promised, I will do it. Amen. Are we here, Bazalan? Now, this means do not rush to declare somebody to be your best friend or to be my soulmate or the love of my life. Forever, <laughs> Because that is a covenant connection that can change your life forever. It can temper with your, your destiny in, a, in, in the most significant way. So do not rush to just simply cut a covenant and just say words and, and, and commit yourself into something. And, and I'm going to show you even from the <laughs> biblical point of view Barcelona, what, what, what that means as well. So our problem, and this is the reason why many of us, we end up our lives being, you know, damaged, destroyed, because we are too quick to assume that, you know, this person that I've met yesterday or, you know, this, this, this guy is charming and whatever, and we, we are too quick to develop or to establish a deep relationship with this person. And the danger, like I say, is that when you do that, you are exposing your soul to connect with the soul of this person, which you, by the way, have not really prepared well for it. Amen. Amen. Not every relationship must be a covenant relationship. Mm. Remember, we said the foundation. We built upon these connections should be upon the, the, the principle of Carefully choosing your friends, carefully choosing your spouse, carefully choosing your associates, carefully choosing a church. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to chase you away. I'm saying. Come back, hear me again. Come back, interact with people of this church. Get to know this church. That's why we say first time, second time, you know. And then when you are good and ready, because this relationship of becoming your pastor is deep. Amen. Our souls are going to be knitted together. Amen. And you don't want your soul to be knitted to. Some strange guy. (laughs) Listen, at some point I'll have to pray for you. I'll have to lay hands on you. The Bible says to us who are pastors who are laying hands on people, we must not be too quick to lay hands on people. Listen to what it says. Lest you partake of their sins. That's what it says. And it is talking to us who are pastors anointed, called by God. Now, how much more about you who is being laid hands upon. Oh. If, if the Bible wants me to say, even if I'm the one laying the hand, something can come out from you into me. Oh. How much more about you, because the intention as I'm laying my hand on you, the intention is to release something from me into you. So you can't expose yourself like that. Some of us, you came... <laughs> you, you were fine until you joined this church and all of a sudden you you are desiring things that you never used to desire before <laughs> 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 hallelujah <laughs> are we here So Jonathan and David's souls were connected. To Then they made a covenant. And take note, at the center of it all, and that's why I loved that video so much, there was love. The Bible says because Jonathan loved. Listen, do not develop a deep connection with the person you don't love. First decide to love this person because there is a deeper meaning there. And I'm not, I don't mean romantically only, but even in terms of friendship, if you decide to become a friend to somebody and to a point of regarding them as your bestie, m- decide to love them. Genuinely so. Genuinely so. Be sincere about it. Because let me warn you, they are going to hurt you one day. They are going to disappoint you one day, and only love at that point will be able to sustain you during that time. So, so there was love in this relationship, there was a covenant in this relationship, and most importantly. There, there were souls. It was not just two people who impressed each other. Ah, you are David. You killed the giant. I am Jonathan. I'm the king's son. Let's hook up. Let's go and drink coffee together. Let's see where this thing. No, no, no. The Bible says their souls were knitted together. And then two, it says, then Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Three, they entered into a covenant. Let's agree to establish something serious out of this relationship. Wow. That's deep, Bazaline. It's a deep connection. That's why I said I have a lot of things to say and I hope God will help me with this one. Amen. Amen. Let me put this to you. Check how you connect with your friends or family because covenant relationships will influence your emotions, your thoughts, and your desires. Because that is what their soul is. When the Bible says their souls were knitted together, it, it, it means that they, they then in, began to influence one another in terms of the way that they think. Let me, let me tell you, you think like your friends. Whoever your soul is knitted to, you will think that, like them. You will desire the things they desire. To a point of feeling like how they feel. So, so w- w- that's why we have got to be careful how we connect with people. You, you must be that kind of a person who is very much, look, Jesus loves our souls. God loves our souls. He, take, he takes care of our souls. The reason why he puts us in churches, it is so that our souls can be taken care of. That's the whole reason. So, in other words, we ourselves must be so sensitive and conscious to say everywhere I go, whatever I do, I must also protect my soul. So that's why I'm saying check how you connect with people. Because in one way or the other, those deep relationships they are going to affect your soul, they are going to influence your thoughts, your desires. Your emotions. And I'm not sure whether, let me show you something. Proverbs 22 verse 24, we read it last week. Listen to what it says. Make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man do not go. It says, lest you learn his ways, let, listen, and set a snare for your soul. Take note, let me put it in context. Anger is an emotion that happens in your soul. Let me put it this way. It is one of the emotions. So if the Bible uses anger as an example, it simply means all the other emotions, if they are negative, the Bible says then be careful. If you, you connect with a person Don't just be interested in how much they have, what resources they have, and whatever. Check the condition of their soul. Check them out when they are angry, when they are frustrated. What language do they use? How do they carry themselves? Because the Bible counsels us not to go with them because it says, we will set a snare for our souls. So it was their soul But then, before we know it, it is our soul that becomes like their soul. (laughs) Ushate uright. Ukule uright Until you met a friend. That you just connected with them. And you became careless. You did not care how they are. In their soul, you, you you did not. I think, Bazalan uh, That's why I'm I'm a am I'm, I'm a black person. Eh? Don't get me wrong, but I have an issue with us black people, cause we're careless. When we get married, people will say, "Okay, I I mean I met my wife, right?" And I say, I want to get married to her. The family says, bring money. Chances are they've never met me. In fact, when we even bring the money, I sit outside. They tell me, my representatives, my angen, they give the family, they accept it, they officialize it. Then they are interested in meeting me after. But the deal is done. They don't know who I am, where I come from. They have never spoken to me. The father of the child have not even spoken to me just to check. How is, how is this person, the way that I developed, the way that I grew, I, I, I nurtured my daughter, her soul, the way that it is wired. If she gets married to this man, how is she going to turn out? They can just sell you to an angry man, yeah. angry, bitter, angry, frustrated, coming back from. and I'm not saying that you can't get married to people who are broken or whatever who did not grow up under your circumstances, but let's be careful to attend to certain things first, before we lobola. Yeah. As fathers, before now, nah, it's done. I don't want Lobola. I'm not interested in that. What am I going to do with that one? I don't need it. My, that's me, Jacob and I'm not saying do the same thing. If you are interested, if you are interested in my daughter, let's, let's, let's talk. Let's meet. Uh, let's meet. Let's see. Uh, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. When my son says he wants to get married, let's talk, even with him. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's let's talk. Let me let me check if your your soul is still intact. Because I don't want to expose someone else's daughter to someone, and then the next thing they are going to turn to me and say, Hey, your son is abusing our, our, our daughter and whatever. You know, I need I need to make sure that you know we need to understand these deep connections, Bazaran. Yo, 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 yo. It's very t- it says you are going to set a snare for your soul. You are going to catch feelings soon. You meet a person, you connect with. You are going to catch feelings. So, in other words, if you connect with an emotionally unstable person, it will affect you. And you decide to ignore the fact that this you've seen it, and you ignore it, but you continue to connect with. And I'm not saying abandon your. Friends with emotional, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying you can't neglect it and just continue connecting with that because it will affect you. You will catch feelings in the message translation. It says, Don't hang out <laughs> with angry people. I love the, the message. I love the message. Don't hang out with angry people, don't keep company with hot heads. And then it says. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. So it says... In other words, it says, before you connect with the person, sanitize yourself. I'm joking. Your, sent, sentin, sanitize <laughs> sanitize yourself. Sanitize yourself. <laughs> to find a way of, how can I connect with this person? Because I'm going to show in just a moment that there are certain connections that you can't avoid. But be conscious. As you are walking with this person, make sure that you know how to put boundaries that will protect your soul. Because you don't want to sooner or later become like this person. Because there are certain people, like I said, who were fine until they met a friend. They were fine until they got married. This young girl was great until she met. And then all of a sudden we hear, now... You, you are shocked by the fact that I, I grew up with this person. He has never, ha- you know, hurt anyone. He, he, even when the, he, this person was irritated by a fly, he would not even kill it or anything like that. But yet you, you then you hear that after they get married, he, she stabbed her husband. What, where did that come from? And, and unfortunately, then you discover they were being abused by this guy for a very long time. So they were getting infected bit by bit. Yeah. The temper of this person was jumping onto them. Then one day, you woke up, you, you were angry, you took a knife, gah! You were fine, you know yourself, you were fine. But all of a sudden, you, you are ticked off easily. What happening, what happeneth? So there's a reason why I always say that the, our problem as human beings is that we think we are better than God. You know, some, when it comes to marriage, there's something powerful that God says. In fact, not even marriage, even with destiny. Please hear my heart more than all of these other things that we normally you know, argue with and everything. And You see I'm talking this morning I don't want to, hey, and God will deliver his soul. (laughs) Uh, I'm just equipping us to take good care of our souls. Look, there's something that God says when it comes to marriage. Who who established marriage? I mean, God is very smart. He says, because we are getting married, he says, men shall leave his mother and father, shall leave. His mother and father, and I don't know why he says men, but yeah. Anyway, that's a story for another day. Then shall cleave to his wife. And it must also happen on the other side. Cleave to, and then the two shall become one. And I was going through this, I was like, wow. So in other words, God says he acknowledges the connection between you and your family. That might not be healthy. Even if it's good. For your marriage. It's God speaking. It's not me. And many of us, we get married still connected to our families. In a deeper way, that is. And we are bringing confusion to our marriages. Your spouse feels like they are married to you. And the rest of your family, yeah. emotionally that is, psychologically that is. It's like when they are talking to you, it's the uncle speaking. <laughs> it's the mother speaking. Because you chose not to leave. Look, when, when, when we get married, my wife takes my surname, right? And my family becomes Msipa. But what God was doing, he did not mean go and do a duplicate of the Msipa you grew up in, a totally different. He says be Msipa, you, Jacob Msipa, because my wife is not getting married to my father or my mother or my siblings, she's getting married to me to start a new Msipa. So my kids are growing up, it must be an environment that is relevant to us, our calling, our destiny, it has got nothing to do with anything else and even worse with regards to destiny God speaks to Abraham and Abraham is a great example of a journey towards your destiny journey of faith God says first of all before we are going anywhere says come out of your family Come out of your count, come out of your comb. Even worse, take note. And, and that's why I'm saying, hear my heart first. Don't hear, don't think, ah, that is, it has got nothing to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 11, and terror dies. Mm-hmm. Chapter 12, verse 1, and God said, Come out of your family. Mm-hmm. Who is terror? Abraham's father? And terror dies. Abraham was there all along. God is quiet. Yeah. It's almost like, ah, hey, as long as he's still connected here, yeah, even if, no matter how loud I can scream, you won't hear me. God waits. Chapter 11, terror dies. Chapter 12, and God said, get out of your family. malanga lot. If you are taking me out of my family, I'm taking my family with me. You are taking me to my destiny, I'm taking my family with me. And God was like, you you are not getting it. You are not getting it. You are not getting it. And then along the way, he says, then there was tension between Lord's uh, uh, headsman and and Abraham's headsman. They had to be separated. And then God said, yeah. Let's take this covenant to the next level. I my covenant is between me and you <laughs> <laughs> Are we here, Hazelan? So, So so we we need to make sure that we we have got to disconnect from our previous influences or covenants so that we can properly connect with our spouses and enter into a covenant with them without any external influence. I I cannot be dealing (laughs) with your issues (laughs) and deal with many other issues that you come with. Along just to just handle your own issues. Uh, don't mix it up. Don't, don't think I'm saying abandon your families. That's not what I'm saying. But all I'm saying is the influence. Mama, yeah. you know you were fine. until you visited home. When you came back, you feel like Lama Kao Chao right. Rite. And all along. It's just that your sister mentioned in passing, or your uncle, or your brother. Who's the father? Who's Listen to this, President. Covenant connections are soul ties that are meant to build and set us up for our destinies, right? By the way, soul ties are, are, are not bad relationships. It depends on who your soul is tied to. All along, we've been talking about soul ties as if they are bad relationships, right? Take note, Jonathan's soul was connected to David's soul. It was a good relationship. It yielded good results at the end, as we are going to see. But you can have a soul tie with a bad soul. Because covenant connections are soul ties that are meant to build and set us up for our destinies. Therefore, they must be godly and healthy. Because if not, they will destroy our lives and sabotage our destinies. Read this article from the internet on soul ties by Emily Lawrence, who's a journalist and a certified health coach. Talking about soul ties, its meaning, signs and how to break one, The, the, the bad one that is. She says the following, have you ever met someone and instantly felt an intensely deep and emotional connection? If so, it's possible you've experienced what some people believe is a soul tie connection. The phrase soul tie, she says, refers to a relationship that encompasses a deep, meaningful attachment between two people. This could include a romantic, friendly, or even familial connection. So, in other words, soul ties are not just romantic. You can have a soul tie with your family. You can have a soul tie with your friends. You can have a soul tie with whatever. And then she continues to say, experts note that healthy soul ties May have a positive impact on mental health and come with a certain level of support, while unhealthy soul ties can be harmful, creating issues such as core dependency. Once you start saying things like, "I can't live without so-and-so, I can't live with it," there's, there's a problem there. It's a, there's a problem there. Are we here? So we have got to have connection. Am I in your business? (laughs) I'm not even preaching, I'm just talking. Equipping us to have meaningful relationships because take note, God wants to use our relationships for his glory. He wants to use our relationships to help us to get to our destinies. Because at the end of the day, every one of us, we need somebody. You need someone. You, need, you can never, and there's nothing in this world that God has created that does not need something else. Yeah. Have you ever noticed that even everything you buy needs something else yeah. to go with it? Yeah. 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 You thought, I need this flat screen TV. They say it's 4K. Yeah. Until you realize that your decoder is not 4K. So you must change and buy a new decoder that's 4K until you realize that your subscription does not offer 4K movies. Now you have to upgrade your subscription. Your intention was to buy a TV. That was your intention. So in life, your intention is to be successful. Then all of a sudden, God says, no, you need friends. And you thought, Mina, I can do this thing alone. I don't need anyone in my life. And God says, no, you need relations, you need friends, build friends. Because there are certain friends that are going to play a major role to just push you to. And, and may God bless you with such friends who will push you towards the right direction. May God, after you are getting saved, after you are born again, may God connect you with the right person who will help you follow God and have a good relationship with God. You, know, you, know, after, you, you don't need somebody who is just confused you and, and take you out of your destiny. Now, let me close. With on. Relationships are good if they are godly. What does this mean? Therefore, it means we must not build ungodly relationships because they will destroy our souls. I said this before. God saved our souls. He redeemed them from the hands of the enemy because he saw how the devil is destroying our souls and whatever. And he redeemed us by the blood of Jesus. We are now saved. It's important for us, therefore, that we must not re-expose ourselves or re-expose our souls to danger through ungodly relationships. Because mauti, yes, to a relationship. In other words, no Automatically, <laughs> just for your flesh. You are bringing your soul into your relationship. And not only just your soul to connect with their soul. You are tying your soul to their soul. It's going to become deep. So the Bible says, God redeemed our souls with the precious blood of Jesus. He looked around there was nothing. The Bible says the redemption of our soul is costly. Yeah. What did it cost him? It cost him the death of his son. But you now we sell our souls cheap. We expose them to cheap relationships that have no value. You just meet somebody today, you call them your bestie, you call them your my day one with untried with Because here's the thing, sometimes you are going to meet a person, all you need is just the wisdom of navigating this relationship in a manner that will not affect me and yet at the same time without hurting this person, especially if I realize they need me. But do not find yourself in a relationship trapped, being affected by this relationship. Stay in it all in the name of they need me. You are not responsible for any person's life. You cannot carry somebody and say, no, they need me. I can't. Who who are messing up their marriages because they feel like I can't abandon my baby mama. And abandon is a wrong word to use. But I cannot disconnect from my baby mama because I realize that she needs me. Because you are feeling guilty that you impregnated them and left them. Listen, even if you did so, they are still God's people. They can live without you. You are not their God, you are not responsible for them. Both of you, you were careless, you had a child out of wedlock, move on. If that thing did not work, take care of your child, but don't feel guilty about the fact how their life is turning out. They lived without, before you came into their life, they were alive, they were fine. Surely God will find a prayer for them to be saved, to find Jesus and to but do your part, take care of your child, be responsible for your child, but do not mess up your marriage. Yeah. Because you are feeling guilty Then ah, but is interrupting your peace in your house and you are letting I don't, I, you see, speaking in tongues will not help you while you are having bad relationships. You are, you are giving tithes, that's great, but you have bad relationships. In fact, the devourer that God is trying to rebuke is your friend. But there is a balance. There are certain relationships that you can't avoid. You are going to meet people that you are con- going to connect with at work. But learn to draw the line learn to put proper limits, to say, yes, we are colleagues. We are connecting at work. But we cannot take it to a level of a covenant relationship. Because we can't avoid people who are not like us. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're going to do business with people who are not believers. The Bible says, you, you can't isolate yourself from, from such. You are going to have colleagues. You're going to build a relationship, a work relationship. Keep it there. That's why it's called a work relationship. That's why they are not friends. They are colleagues. There's a clear distinction. Because let's be honest, at work we meet crazy people. That when they come back after weekend and they tell you what they've been up to over, you are like, what? <laughs> and all you did was go to church. That's all you did over the weekend. What's the, highlight of, what's the highlight of your weekend? So, and they come and they ask you, so what did you do over the weekend? I went to church. And they're like, That's it. They're like, Yeah, well, was there something else that I was supposed to do? Friday after work. Smang mang and collector gabona or no fele the last time ne kile mola ne di aparotsa ka ne di says yabo ka wow saying er kakaki a ki fitla chomi gabona rukolo yela e emi mola ko gating ko gaai kya smangma kar ko o ai ke tsama drope ona mu yes you are going to relate them to a certain level but no where to draw the line because you can't avoid them. Here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 5 verse 9. I wrote, you in my, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with sexually immoral people of this world, he says. Or with the covetous, or extortioners, or idolaters, since they, need, they since they... Since then, you would need to go out with the world. At some point, you will be in the world, you will be there, you will be at work, you will meet those people. But he says, but now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner, nor even to eat with such a person. (laughs) Verse 12, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside. Do you not judge those who are inside, he says, but those who are outside God judges. Therefore, put away from yourselves the evil person. God says, it's not your business to judge those who are not saved who are in the world. He says, but your brothers you have got to say, my brother, as much as I love you, I, my, your lifestyle, I, I become confused when I'm, I have to connect with you. Because all I want to talk about is the word. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about church. I don't know how to function when I'm around you. Because everything else I want to talk about contradicts the lifestyle. And the Bible says we must not keep company with such. It's, it even says do not even eat with such a person. It's not me. It's the Bible written by God through Paul. This is because deep relationships become covenantal. You then partake in that person's soul. So God is simply protecting us from people because if there's a person who carries the potential to influence you as a Christian, is a Christian brother. Because they say, no, I'm also a Christian. I call you church. But all of these other things, God does not mind. Don't, uh, nah, I don't judge you. So that's not, the Bible says judge yes. your friends who are inside. I'm foolish. The Bible says, do not judge. Yeah. I, I don't send anyone to hell, and I don't judge the people who are in the world. That's how they're supposed to be. But if thirteen, who is a Christian? Who said he's a Christian? He said he's a Christian. I did not force it. He said he's a Christian. And we are connecting on the basis of Christianity. We, outside of church, I had never met thirteen. I don't know him outside of church. I know him here as on That's why he drives my car. That's why I can send him to do the one, two, and three. He's exposed to my family. He comes to my house because of this context. If it changes, it changes everything. If now tomorrow, (laughs) It says, I must reconsider my connection with him. It says I must reconsider my connection. I'm not going to hate you. I don't mean you are going to hell. But my friend, I can't expose you to my children the way that I used to expose you. I can't. I can't expose. Uh, how do I know that one day with my car? And you saw my car here at church. And one day you see it parked in funny places. And you did not even check if I was the driver. The next thing they say, umfundis was in such and such a place. So in other words, we must be bold enough as Christians to redefine our relationships when it requires for us to do so. You say, my sister, I don't hate you. It's just that now the lifestyle has changed. So I want to give you the freedom to do what you want to do. But also, please give me my freedom to do what I want to do. Mina, I want to go to church. I don't want to spend time with you, have, listening to you justifying yourself and, and end up criticizing a place, Mina, that I still honor, I drink from. And you want to oppose everything that I believe in, that I hear from my church, simply because you are on a trip of protecting yourself, justifying yourself, explaining yourself, to say you were there on Sunday, but on Saturday when we met, you had a Savivi in your hand. Jacob, Jacob, close, 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 close. Take note, Bazelon, take note. There are people who are on a rampage of destroying their own souls and they want to take us along on that rampage. We need to be careful. Proverbs 6, verse 32, listen to this. Whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. So there are people who have decided, I'm going to do this. Even when the Bible says, when you do it, you are destroying your own soul, right? And they've decided, I'm going to do this. But unfortunately, they don't want to go alone. So there are people who have decided, I'm going to destroy my soul. But they want to take us along with them we must be wise we must be wise Amen. Ephesians 5 from verse 3 but fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness let it not even be named amongst you among you let it not even be named among you let it not even be named among you as it As is fitting for saints, it says. Verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolishness, foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks, it says. Verse 5. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, no covetous man, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. For you were once in darkness, but now you are in light in the Lord. Walk as the children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. I close my case. It is even shame. In other words, I, I now have got to find myself talking about things I don't do. Because now, Mopila yeah. exposes And the Bible says it is even shameful to do so. Then, after all is done, their souls are knitted together, they love each other. But take note of this important thing. Then Jonathan takes his robe, gives it to David. What did that mean? Number one, back in those days, it was a symbol of honor. Remember, that was a robe of royalty. Mm -hmm. He was saying, with this robe, I choose to take off a symbol of my position so that I can connect to you, friend to friend. Not royalty and subject. In other words, a true friend that you can connect with is the one that no matter what their status in life is, they will take it off for the sake of the relationship they have with you. Two, he took his armor off, the Bible tells us. His armor. Uh, armor is a protection gear. He was simply saying, when I'm with you, I don't have to protect myself. I'm exposing my nakedness and my weakness to you. I'm pledging that when I'm next to you, I don't have and remember, he is royalty. You touch him, he can call armies. But he was simply saying, because I'm serious about this relationship, I'm now declaring, I don't have to protect myself from anything. The Bible says he gave him his sword. He gave him his bow. Gave him his belt. He was simply saying, I don't even have to use these weapons when it comes to you. If anything, I'm going to use them to protect you. But when you are with me, you don't have to feel threatened in any way. It's a covenant I am cutting with you. Deep covenant. But look at this. The aim of this covenant ultimately because at some point, Jonathan dies. He has a child called Mephibosheth. David, because of that covenant, he shows up one day. Is there anyone in the house of Jonathan who is still left? So that I can show him kindness. Then they say there is Mephibosheth. At that point, Mephibosheth was crippled because he had an accident. He was helpless in life, but because of the covenant that his father got with a man called David, who then was not a king, but somewhere down the line he becomes a king. He has the power to change lives. He says, is there anyone that I can show kindness? And the Bible says, they said there is Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth was so afraid. And David says, do not be afraid. I am here to honor the covenant I entered into with your father. I am here to tell somebody, build the kind of relationships today that are not just going to benefit you, but they are going to benefit your children. They are going to, even if the Lord takes you away, leave your children secured through the covenant relationships. Build a kind of a relationship that any person anywhere will stop at nothing to say, I will never turn my back against this man, I will never betray this man. Build the kind of relationships that when you are down and out, even if it means a person will take their last cent to help you rise up, they will do so. Tell yourself, I am now old. I don't have time to build cheap relationships. I don't have time to build the relationships that are going to make me worse. I want relationships that are going to make me better. I want relationships that are going to build me. I want relationships that are legacy relationships. I want to leave a legacy for my family A legacy for my children Because if you've done so You have saved a bloodline A generation To say because of what I have done There is no one in my bloodline If they do suffer It will be their own doing But I have left enough relationships My question is When your life is in danger, who can we call? Who can we call? Who can we check? Who can we call? I remember one day when I was hijacked, driving to Delmas. I was hijacked, and the criminals entered my car. I was alone, driving in the middle of nowhere. They blindfolded me. me. They took me in their car. I was driving, not knowing where I was going. But because on my way, on my way, when I was driving to Delmas, for some reason, I remember this guy. That I gave him a job a long time ago and we, we, we had a relationship with him. Same thing. He was he was at the center of my family. I could send him anywhere and I had not seen him in years. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit says, phone this guy. And I phoned him. I put him on speaker. And I talk to him and I say, hey "Amen. how are you doing? How, how is life and whatever? And we are talking and we are talking and we are talking. Little do I know that God sees that where you are going, there's danger. So when I get hijacked, I'm talking to this person. I'm connecting with this person. I'm reviving this relationship. And that man, that man alone knows my world. And when he heard that there's commotion in my car, he has my wife's number, he has the church's number, he has everyone who is connected me, my friends, everyone, he has their numbers. He starts phoning around. He says, no, umfundisageko right. And he calls this one, he calls this one, he calls another friend of mine uh, who was at work at the time. And because he was busy in a meeting, he could not get hold of him. He knows somebody who works with him. He calls him. He says, get that man out of that meeting. It was a board meeting. He says, get that man out of that meeting now because his friend is in danger. And and even my wife phoned. I answered. The criminal said, answer. Tell her you are fine. She could not even pick up that I'm not okay. She was convinced that everything was fine. But when a friend calls, (laughs) he calls and then he says to me, where are you? I'm like, no, I'm such and such a place. He left the board meeting. He closed the board meeting. He left. My friend is in danger. He says, where are you? I'm like, nah, I'm on my way to church. He says, so where about? I tell him, I tell him. And all of the, he picks up because he's my friend. He picks up, my friend is not okay. And he says to me, okay, actually I'm driving in such and such a place. Can you please stop on the side? Wait for me in such and such a police station because he knows my world. So when I mention Sandra, he knows what I'm talking about. He knows what's there. He says, park next to a police station. I'm just going to show up in just a moment. And then after that, he hangs up, he calls my wife. He says, <laughs> And from that moment onwards, to cut the long story short, that hijacking story, tent around it was cut short. I was dropped off. My car was safe. I was safe. The church's money was safe, by the way. <laughs> and, 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 and they just took my money, but the church's money was safe and all of those things because you know the crazy things that they do these days. And, 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 and then he came, and then where they dropped me, I didn't know where I was. Yeah. And I called him, I looked around, I said, man, I don't know where I am. He said, just look around. And I looked around. He said, what do you see? He said, I see such and such a place, what Wat what Cemetery. He said to him, Oh, I know where you are in Wadeville. Just get a taxi, get to such and such a place. I'm coming to collect you. Power of covenant relationships, covenant connections. Let's stand on our feet, please. Find somebody, find a place where you can connect. Don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. You are not all sufficient. You need somebody. Father, we thank you for covenant relationships. We thank you for the relationships that you have blessed us with. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for our families. Show us the good relationships, godly relationships that you want us to keep. You want us to establish and nourish in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Anyways, you will even search our hearts, save and purify our souls for the sake of our relationships. Heal our souls for the sake of our friends. May we not be the ones who are going to wrongly influence our friends. May we not be the ones who are going to influence them with bad emotions, bad thoughts, bad desires. But purify us so that we can build healthy and godly relationships. We give you praise. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give Jesus a big hand of praise. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.